Have you ever gone through change in your personal life or at work and thought to yourself, there must be a better way to do this? Welcome to On Change, the podcast that explores change that works and the people who make it happen. And now from Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Pietro Dupisani. I recently attended the World Mining Congress where all the latest technologies in mining were showcased. The general theme of the conference was that as we move towards a greener, more sustainable future, we will need even more metals and minerals to move towards a sustainable net zero world. Innovation and technology will be key to mining more sustainably and with less impact on host communities and the environment. My guests today work on innovation, digital and technology projects in their respective mining companies. So welcome to the studio, Elaine and Sandiso. Hi, Hi, Pietro. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. It's very nice to have you with me this morning. I'm going to ask you to briefly introduce yourselves and just let the, the audience know what you do for your various companies. I'll start with Elaine. Hi, I'm Elaine Hatte. I'm the manager of innovation within a mining company. And my academic background is predominantly within the mining industry, so uh, geology and, and mining engineering. And then from a experience point of view, I spent some time in the mining sector as well as in the agricultural, water and, and energy sectors. And my responsibilities ranged from you know, operational through to strategic and a little bit of corporate venturing types of roles. Welcome. And Sandiso. Um, my name is Sandy. So originally from KwaZulu Natal, Richard Spay to be exact. I have a background in IT. That's my discipline in my studies. Um, and thereafter, um, I joined Accenture for about nine years. And then today I'm running my own innovation studio. So what we do there is that we help companies deliver innovative solutions. We take them through a whole discover, describe, design, and also just build MVPs for them. And so that's pretty much my role. So think of me as an incubator, but for large corporates. Oh, thanks. And, and my name is Pietro Dupasani and, um, I also work for a large mining company. I look after business improvement and technology and innovation and how we actually take that innovation and technology and, and make it happen in the company. So I was wondering, my first question to start off with today is, do you think the mining industry can be innovative? I mean, does it need to be innovative? If you just think of what the history of mining is, we've been mm. digging up rocks for the last hundred years and, and the actual way in which we do it hasn't changed that much. You know, so do you th- mm. actually think that we can be innovative in the mining industry and should we be? Mm. Let's start with uh, Sandiso. So mining, it's possible for you to be successful in this, in this field without having any technology. Look at the guys that perform illegal mining. I mean, they're able to (laughs) dig diamonds and you're able to sell it. So technically you could run a mine without any technology innovation. But I think what we're trying to do with innovation and technology is really become more efficient and more effective in how we actually take the minerals out of the ground. And so I think that's where innovation plays a factor. So if you don't have your systems and your processes and your, you know, your best practice uh, solutions helping you take this mineral from the ground, you do you obviously incur more costs and you're less efficient and effective. And so you wouldn't have as much volume as your competitors. So I think in short, I think if you want to be competitive, if you want to grow, if you want to be effective and efficient, I think innovation is a must. Mm. Yeah, so I agree with Sandiso. The short answer is yes. But I also think it's important just to clarify what we mean with the word innovation. Because I found that a lot of times we use the word invention and innovation interchangeably and and they're definitely not not synonyms right so invention is a creation of something completely new so that's the invention of uh, electricity light bulbs the telephone 
but innovation is about the practical um, application of this technology and then building on that technology to leverage all its potential benefits. So if we use the, the telephone as an example, it's uh, the advent of this the, the mobile phone and then smartphones, you know, leveraging that, that technology. So if you use that definition of, of innovation within the mining industry, we are definitely good at leveraging technologies. So okay, I don't want to go too far back, but if you think of um, GPS, right, how we leverage that, that technology, collision avoidance systems. So um, that was developed by the aerospace industry and now it's deployed on all of our, our, our mobile equipment. Um, robotics. So uh, spot the robot dogs. Um, there's the robot dog. <laughs> um, there's a lot of uh, companies that use these robotics types of technologies, you know, to, um, to do their routine type inspections. And then ChatGPT, OpenAI, those types of technologies. I, I read an article, I think last week or, or maybe the week before, um, where Sassel was saying about how they're planning on integrating and leveraging these technologies. And that's that's innovation, right? And then in terms of should we be innovative, I completely um, agree with, with Sandiso. If we mine the way we did 50 years ago, right? Yes, we could, um, but we won't be as profitable, right? I don't think anyone would say, yes, sign me up for a 2%, you know, return on a high risk business, you know? So there's these pressures and, and there's, there's five reasons why we need to stay innovative and, and to stay ahead of this, this technology curve. And, um, I would say these are my five reasons that I've kind of put together, you know, um, based on my, my experience. It's not something that I read in an article or, and so please don't go Google search, uh, a BSE thesis <laughs> on this. <laughs> um, so the, the first one is, um, efficiency and the second one is productivity, right? So it's efficiency and, and, and productivity. Um, then it's sustainability safety and the last one is expansion right so those are the five main reasons that mining companies um do or, or deploy um innovations um and expansion this can be new business models or it can be new um you know new new ore deposits or you know there's there's a wide range of of this so um you know to answer your question um can we can mining industry uh, be innovative yes um and then should they be most definitely yeah, I agree with that. But if when you speak to a lot of people in the mining industry, they'll go, because it's such an old industry, do we have to be first mm, with everything? Mm. You know, do we have to be the first one to invent this thing and then use it? In some cases, yes, maybe. If you think about the hydrogen truck, um, they, none of the, the equipment manufacturers were willing to take that risk. So it had to be, um, it had to be done by the company mm, itself. Mm, mm. But in most cases, if you think about it, do we have to take the risk? to be the first person to develop that technology. Um, and a lot of people have the opinion that we should just be a very f close second follower, you know, or first follower. Um, so what do you mm. think? Do you think we should be really thinking about new blue sky stuff or should we um, look what's out there in adjacent industries and things like you were, mm. you were mentioning um, collision avoidance was done by the aer aerospace mm. industry first and then we took that on. So from a cost effectiveness perspective, if we're thinking about, you know, efficiency and productivity, should we be investing in big blue sky projects? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think for me, like, I actually love second mover advantage because I think it's cheaper and it's safer. And you let the other guy take the risk. I mean, I know that uh, ChatGPT was, you know, launched by a startup, then Microsoft acquired it. But, you know, I know Google is, is building BARD and, and there's other generative AI tools coming on. You know, we've seen with, I mean... G Gmail was not the first, you know, mm. email, you know, platform. And so today everyone's personal email accounts is 
predominantly on, 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 on Gmail as opposed to Yahoo. So what that means is that I think there's an opportunity for us to learn without spending the money if we just look at what other industries, you know, have done. And I think that's probably a safer, a safer bet for me. So I don't think mining has particularly be, um, first move advantage. I think there's a lot of, especially in enterprises like, um, enterprises are not built to be like startups who come up mm. with the idea. They're basically supposed to be adopters of a specific technology. And so I would rather hand it over to a, a smaller player to take the first move advantage, make the necessary mistakes, and then you just pick up on that and then you build on that. I mean, I love the innovation field because nothing is ever a failure, right? Mm. So every time you make something, you try something, you put it, you put yourself out there, it's an opportunity for you to actually learn. So, and I think, you know, going with the second move advantage, I think is probably much more compelling and much more strong and also because most mining houses need to account to investors right so you don't want to come back and be like we're kind of like wasted like 10 billion rand on building something that isn't quite going to work so i don't think that's something you want to do but i think in the mining sector particularly i think second move advantage is probably more suitable um yeah so i think the answer is it, it depends Right, um, because if you refer to mining, mining is not this big unit, right? It, um, it depends on which geography you, in which commodity you're mining, um, which mining house is uh, you you working for, um. So if if you look at let's say um uh, from a ge- geography point of view, um, Australia is known as the um as the leader in mining technology, right? So if you want to want innovation within the mining industry, Australia is, is the place to go. Then um no, commodities. Um so lithium and the rare earth element type uh, commodity miners are, are often known to be more innovative just because you know it's minerals of the future and it's um more difficult to 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 extract so it needs more innovation and 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 uh, technology. The three most innovative mining companies is BHP, Rio and and Vole and Anglo American is I know they're on the top top five but they go coincidentally also the three largest right so they're the most innovative because they've got resources to put behind this this innovations so if you are um, mining a mineral of the future in australia for one of the large mining houses yes be innovative invent things right you've got the resources you've got the, the backing if you're mining a commodity in one of the sunset industries in a country maybe outside of australia um Rather, you know, be a fast follower. Um, so, and, and also to, to Sandy, so to, um, to, to your point, just because you, you can, don't mean, doesn't mean you should. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the large miners in Australia should not, you know, look at, um, you know, learn from the mistakes from, from others. I'm just, um, saying that they have the luxury, um, to be able to be more innovative and, and, you know, more blue sky thinking better to do what you were asking than what some of the, um, your sunset industry, you know, commodity miners, um, might, might be. So I wonder how do we decide what to invest in? You know, so what type of technology mm. should we be looking at in the future? So should we have a structured way of deciding which technologies we're going to follow? Um, mm. and, 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 and how do we decide how to deploy them? Um, just to, to give you a bit of an example of, of the approach that, uh, approach that I think might, might be quite, um, interesting is, you know, looking at where your constraints and your processes, if you take the business improvement mm-hmm. approach, um, and then using that to prioritize what, where you might want to put your technology first might be an option, you know, using a Lean Six Sigma approach and going, where's my constraints? And that's where I'm going to invest, um, to actually maximize throughput through that specific process. But yeah, do you think, um, do you have any idea of what type of technologies we might want to go into and, and how do we select them? Mm. So, 
when it comes to what type of, of technology to invest in and, and to investigate, um, I think it, it also depends on um, whether it's a, a pull or a push, right? So if it's a, a need for the operations, right? Let's, you know, if effectiveness uh, optimization, the, the business improvement approach is definitely the, the best way to go. You know, the, the Lean Six Sigma or or any, you know, one of those type, types of, of processes. Um, and then identifying, you know, all the technologies in this space that can adequately address this challenge opportunity. Um, and if it's not looking at adjacent industries and then, um, you know, following that, that whole that whole process, um, but if it's a, a strategic push, right? So um, in the mining industry, we're trying to be more more um, s- s- sustainable. We're trying to be more safety conscious, um, and and then from a strategic point of view, we'll have a. A, um, a view of where technology is going, um, and I hate using this uh, chat GPT AI thing again because I think it's it's just a hype at this stage. But I think it, it just um, you know it serves as a as, as a good example. Um, so we see the the tech industry and and um, the, the the digital space is going that that direction. So how can we leverage that to address our or to support our um, strategic objectives? Um, and I think that's that's how the, the decision. Um, sh- should be made. You know, it, if it should, it should first be established, is the push or a pull? If it's a, if it's a, um, a pull, um, is it uh, in Afrikaans? The saying is, "Is the quality so bad? So is it worth doing?" You know, um, and then um, did you do a proper root cause analysis? Um, are we solving the right problem? And if it's a push, um, you know, is it the the the, the foresight approach? So where is the industry going? You know, what is quantum computing going to mean for for mining, and how can we prepare and and um and act on that and the, the hydrogen vehicle that that you spoke about earlier, Petru, um, I think is a very good example because um they it's it's a, a strategic um objective of 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 the company to be um you know to re- reduce the carbon um carbon f- uh, footprint. There wasn't an available technology, so it's a push. So let us as a company let's do this. Yeah, and it and also creates a huge amount of um, I think hype and PR for the region yes. in terms of decarbonization and in terms of um, you know just showing that this is possible. It's possible that is a prototype, so they might not go forward with that specific prototype, mm-hmm. but it just shows that it's possible to build a, mm-hmm. a whole truck that is powered by hydrogen. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, what do you win? You win that you are putting zero emissions, absolutely mm-hmm. nothing into the into the the the, the the atmosphere, um, and that also supports um, building a green hydrogen valley in South Africa, in the Mokopane mm. region. It's possible to do it. Um, it just gives people, I think, hope that there is a future, that this is a, p- a, p- a potential pathway into the future. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think, uh, and a little bit of what Elaine said, I think it's important that we, I, there's, there's many problems to be solved for, right? There's like a lot of them. And I think it's quite important <laughs> that we understand that which ones are the ones that will give us the most value if they're solved for. Mm. And I think that should probably be your, t- your, your starting point. I mean, that also just goes, marries to the, the overall business strategy where you're going as an organization. But I think it's quite pivotal that you be solving for the right things. Mm. I mean, the stuff that's going to give us the most value. I think many companies are living in a time of uncertainty, a time of um, cost pressure, a time of just markets declines, inflation etc so I think we do need to be more careful about where we're spending our money mm-hmm. on and I think it's, a, it's it's best to probably understand where to you know plant your seed uh, you know as opposed to doing multiple things but rather focus on the one two things that are going to give you the most value and I think the second thing is that when we do try innovative solutions 
it's quite important that we go through a prototype phase. So, and and mm. Peter just mentioned that now. I think a lot of companies, when you speak innovation, they're like, oh, maybe not, you know, because there have been so many failed initiatives, right? But if, 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 if the initiative maybe followed a, 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 a process of firstly prototyping, the cost implications are, are, are you know, mm. not as drastic as going on full scale. I think as corporates, we, um, we've been, and I come from corporate, so I can say this, we're actually quite bad at just doing stuff in small scale, mm. testing and seeing if there's value, then set deciding if we can actually scale something. So I think if we're going to be deciding on what to innovate on, let's have a proof of concept. Let's prove the mm. value at a really minute, minute scale that even if the balance sheet, if you see that line of that failed, that of that failed innovation, like no one is like panicking about it because the, the problem we have as innovators and design thinkers and, you know, people that are trying to help organizations become innovative, we actually can't use the word innovation because people just think it's mm. a luxury thing anymore. And that's because people have been burned so many times. And it's like, but if you go back to why they were burned, probably is that thing of, you know, not solving for the right problem, um, not prototyping, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that they, they, there needs to be a process. And I often find that co companies don't necessarily have a, a, a process. Usually sometimes the CEO is, is dreams of this amazing thing. And then it's like, team, execute this. I think we're going to get value out of it. And it doesn't actually work like that. In fact, I think CEOs are probably the least innovative people, actually. <laughs> so really, I think that the magic is actually in the millennials and the younger generation mm -hmm. to actually innovate. And I'm not saying that people that are older generation are not innovative. <laughs> no, by no means. But I'm just saying that there's, an, there's really an opportunity to get your organization to buy into to this thing by bringing them on the journey and helping them helping you decide what to put your money on yeah i mean what's interesting for me is if you look at any big mining companies set of values innovation will be mm -hmm. one of them okay it will be in their innovation okay and then you go okay um how innovative is this company and how do you bring innovation to life for each and every mm -hmm. person who's actually working in that company you know how do you actually give them a place for their ideas um and and if you think about it are they bringing other people into innovate or are they actually encouraging people in the organization mm -hmm. to be innovative as well it's innovation is a is a tricky a tricky word so if we think about if we look into the future uh, for the next maybe 10 to, f to 20 years um, and you look at what's happening right now, which technologies and digital product products do you think are going to change the mining industry the most? Sure. I think AI has helped you guys, <laughs> and I say people in mining a lot, a lot, a lot. I think um, – you know, having been to two big mines recently in this country this year in South Africa, I'm just seeing they, I want to call them data hubs or data centers or maybe like planning rooms. I think it's quite a data intensive process. Mm. Like I think it's, 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 and, and maybe a lot of it is not. Is not necessarily digitized as well, right? I think a lot of some of some, some components is still very much like manually driven, but I see the reliance on, on data. Mm. And that's the first step into, you know, plugging into AI, et cetera, is to be like a data decision make, data driven decision making organization. So I think AI definitely, and I think AI is probably moving out of the brackets of emerging technologies mm. to being more like mainstream in any case. I think the second one is IoT. And, but the thing, the challenge is that most mining companies are facing today is that you are capturing data using different hardware 
different softwares from diverse, different service providers. I think the winner in this race is the one that's going to be able to actually consolidate that data and make meaningful decisions out of it. So you'd have a sensor that's tracking weather, a sensor that's tracking like speed of track. And it's like, but these things don't speak to each other, right? And so what I want to see going forward, I think in mining, in the mining uh, discipline is really around a, a bigger emphasis on like this, the stuff on data lakes mm-hmm. and, you know, consolidating data and, and making like, I want to say consolidated data driven decisions. So, and I think that's going to be the challenge going forward. I think that there's been enough spend on technologies. I think right now, I think we need to look for more of an aggregation or a consolidation approach to actually get the most value out of these solutions. Yeah, I completely agree with you, um, Sandy. So that way, um, the, the mining, mining companies have all the data, but they're all in different formats, in different servers, in different places. So it's not in a you know a singular working um, you know, place, which which just um, puts unnecessary pressure on I was to say the the, the poor data scientists, right? You know, to get all of you know, mm. to come around, get all the all the data, and the power of using that data is then dimin- diminished as a as as a result. Mm. Um, and then the the other technologies that I think um is you know is also you know quite prevalent and and on the increase within the the, the mining industry is um so robotics is the one um because I've I've seen um you know through the uh, mining industry associations like Amira Ostmine those those types of uh, organisations that there's this um, increasing need for um, inspections and uh, you know. Um, actions that doesn't necessarily have to be done by a person, right? So it's these mundane tasks of, you know, walking the conveyor, a 20 kilometer conveyor belt to make sure that, you know, there's no spots burning, you know, all the rollers are working and that can be easily done, you know, through, um, by, by, by ro- robots or you know, robotic type, type solution. Um, and then, um, the the other one is remote operations. That's also a, another thing that um, I know the the first you know completely remotely um, operated mine was back in I was going to say in the twenty tens um, somewhere. Um, but you know if if you think of um, the the mining industry, the the direction that they're going in, um, that we are going in as a whole uh, with regards to sustainability and, and and safety and the increased focus on on those two, um, having you know removing people from dangerous situations, removing them from working um, underground, removing them you know from from working next to high um, high, uh, high high walls <laughs> with the potential you know of of, um, of 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 failures. That's all you know. It speaks into the strategic direction. Um, that the mining industry as a unit, you know, as a whole is, is moving. So those are the two technologies that I'd also add to the, um, you know, to what you said. Yeah, for me, um, just look, just understanding some of the mines that I've re- recently visited underground and, and open cast, you know, the first thing to solve is just to get Wi Fi everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yes, please, <laughs> I mean, please, please, please. <laughs> and so if any project comes our way mm. saying, can we put in more Wi Fi, just to go, yes, put in more Wi Fi and put the best Wi Fi mm. you can possibly get into that place, just put it in. Um, because that's, we, because if we can do that, we can do all this mm. other stuff as well. So that for me is the first challenge is how do we get, Wi-Fi everywhere mm. to the furthest away mine stopes and, and faces um, to be able to get that that data to be able to make quick decisions around safety mm-hmm. and productivity. 
Um, and I think I think another big one, um, which I'd love to see come into to life, and I haven't seen it work properly yet, but I think it could, is this whole thing around augmented reality. Mm. You know, if you think about getting a job card in the morning and you're going out to fix something, but imagine you've got your goggles on and you can actually see the parts and they're labeled and you can see this one's hot, so this one needs to come out and, and all of that. So for me, that for me is a huge opportunity in terms of actually doing the job right. Um, but then you have to have up-to-date plans of all of your plants and all of your mm-hmm. equipment and all of that. But I think that's a huge opportunity. Anything to do with that sort of virtual reality and augmented reality, I think it will um, it will change the way in which people do maintenance mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, um, we talked, we've spoken about technology, we've spoken a little bit about, about innovation. Um, I know that uh, many mining companies turn to things like open innovation forums to get new ideas into their, uh, their organizations. And it's quite a hot topic. And I know that it can or can't work. It depends on who you can get together to do it. So what are your thoughts around open innovation forums? Um, have you tried it? Did it work for you? And what did you learn from, from trying to do it? So um, I love open innovation and, um, you know, the, the ecosystem approach to, to innovation because I think companies are naive to think that they have the smartest, most creative, most innovative people working for them, right? There's um, a world full of people with, um, you know, the, the, the required skills ju- just to um, to add to the, the current body of knowledge that that organization has. And there would be no way of, of knowing, um, you know, what um, technologies or, or what thoughts can, can stimulate, um, you know, new innovations within your industry if it's not through the open innovation um, approach. Um, but do, to your point, um, some, there are, I, I want to say specific areas in which it works and, and in which it doesn't. So, um, we have tried it. Um, and the, the, the one area or, or the, the biggest learning is if it's very mining, um, technical, technically specific, um, it's better to approach the industry associations. So if, if you're looking for that collaborative type of, type of, um, uh, approach to, to problem solving or, or to, to innovation, um, within this, you know, heavy technical, um, mining specific type uh, areas, the industry associations are, are, are very good for that. And then the, um, the research institutions. So, um, the CSIR, uh, the universities, those, those types of, 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 um, institutions. But if you're looking for cross industry, um, types of challenges. So everyone wants to be more energy efficient. Everyone wants to be more sustainable. You know, it, it's not a mining specific challenge. There I found that open innovation works very well. Um, there's a, a few challenges that, that, that we've run that, um, because it's such a unilateral challenge and um, the, the interest and the, um, the number of individuals and people and companies that uh, pitch potential solutions was, was incredible. It was, it was, it was overwhelming. And, um, the, the results we got was stuff that, that you couldn't Google, right? I, I wouldn't even have think, you know, I wouldn't even have thought to Google this type of technology for this challenge that we put out there. But, um, you know, someone through the open innovation, um, approach just came and suggested this and it made complete sense. And, and, and we, we, we um, we tested it at, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, we test innovation before we deploy it um, and it, it, it works brilliantly. So um, yes, it definitely works, but within, you know, as I say, certain um, constraints. Mm. I mean, um, I think open innovation works um, in, 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 in most cases and I think you need to be selective like Elaine has alluded, but I just want to talk about maybe the constraints that we have around it. 
Um, I think most enterprises, and maybe you've gone through this, Elaine, where you've, you've thought of you had a problem and then you put out a challenge and then the, the procurement process took so long that mm. by the time you actually landed, it was no longer a business <laughs> focus. You know, the people had forgotten about it. There was something bigger to solve for, like load shedding, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, 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 I think that that does dampen the hearts of the, the innovation manager internally mm. as well. And it also dampens the hearts of the startup as well. They just think like, oh, these corporates just want to waste our time, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's there's something to be said about just how how we land things quickly when they're mm-hmm. like hot. Let's land them. Let's get the success story out there, and then let's move on to the next issue. I think the sh- second thing is around. I mean, many many startups are not built to operate in large, you know, organizational structures. So you'd have like a mm-hmm. three five man team, and then when it comes to like deploy, you like yo. You want us to deploy this thing? How? <laughs> there are like only three of us, right? And one is doing R&D in any case. And one is a CEO and there's like one tech person. So it's kind of like challenging for just like small businesses to actually scale up. And I think there's an opportunity to, to support them. And I'm not sure what that would look like. Um, but one of the things that we, I think corporate needs to think about as well, and I think this is quite a strategic and also very lucrative approach is really around financial corporate mm-hmm. venturing. I think there's, there's something to be double clicked on, um, you know, investing capital and buying equity in small startups that speak to your business problems and then growing with them. Um, I mean, it's, and it's an unattractive thing, obviously, because it's not your core business, but I do think that there's an opportunity to maybe partner with other people. But I think if we were to get more corporate ventures out there, then we we're able to build capacity on the startup from a funding capital investment perspective and help them actually become successful. Because if, if this solution innovative product is successful in the mind, people will then start buying into this innovation thing and they'll be like, okay, let me give this innovation manager my ear because she's done something great in processing. Let me try something in, in you know, health and safety. So I think it's important that we support the process as well and not just uh, let people, you know, be at their own accord and then watch them fail. Like, yeah, it's told you we're going to fail. <laughs> so yeah, I'd like to see more of that uh, creative collaboration uh, coming through. I think collaboration is going to be the key in deployment of technology. I mean, mm. we can come up with great ideas. We can probably build prototypes, all of those sort of things. Um, but then how do we actually get that technology to a stage where it can be mature and used and fit in with the rest of the process? Mm. Because if you think about it, mining is a very linear type process. I mean, you, you're taking um, all out of the ground, you're drilling and blasting, loading and hauling, uh, milling, uh, crushing, milling, uh, sometimes flotation, that sort of thing. So that whatever new technology you're designing needs to fit into that mm. process. And this is a completely new radical thing that you're doing. Um, it normally needs to fit into that process. And I don't think we do enough around operational readiness and understanding what the impact of that technology is going to be on the rest, mm. uh, rest of the process. So I think there's some work that needs to be done. And I think that's where collaboration is going to be key because you need people who are currently working in the process to be part of that deployment team as well as the people who've de- developed it um, and to work together to make it actually work. It can't be something that's just dumped on a site and said, here's a new technology for you, please use it. Um, it, um, it I think it has needs a lot more planning um, to get it to get it to work properly. Cool. So um if you think about it, let's take a little bit of a, a, a different turn now. Um, if you in your line of work, okay, who do you um what books do you read? Who are your gurus? You know, um what is the sort of where do you get your inspiration from if you if you want to think about something new? Mm with innovation within the mining industry, right? There isn't a lot of 
books, articles, you know, because it's, it's a complicated topic, right? Because as a mining organization, obviously for competitive advantage purposes, you can't divulge too much information, right? And then, you know, so it's this, this awkward, you know, who do you learn from if no one wants to share, right? So um, what we've, we've done um, is we've reverted to kind of startup type books because that's innovation. I, I, I realize it's, it's, it's different because um, you know, mining, it's a, it's, it's a commodity business. So the, the business models behind it is, is a lot different to a consumer facing type type industry but the principles of you know failing um fast testing small those principles um can be um you know pulled through to to mining type um innovations so books like the the um the lean startup and and those types of books is books that you know um, my team and i have have read and, and worked through and have conversations about you know how, how can we use this this approach within within the um the, the the mining industry and then um a book that i really enjoyed and i'm not allowed if i don't know if i'm allowed to say say that on on a podcast but um, non-bullshit innovation um, I promise that's a book's title <laughs> it was also an interesting book because it wasn't about it was about not you know innovating for the sake of innovation right it's not just um, you know sticking a cool temperature meter on the tap to know exactly what the temperature is before you wash your hands you know it's, it's not it's not that it's it's about um, you know a, the deploying technologies that has a, a, a benefit and, 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 a, and, and a value um, you know, to, to add to, to to the organization. Um, so those types of of, of books, and then um, from a, a personal, uh, you know, a development point of view, because within innovation, Sandiso, like like you said, um, innovation is almost a swear word, right? Because of the 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 failures that's happened in in the past, and also to the to the earlier point you made, where um, there isn't actually a failure because you're learning, but you know, as as soon as um, you know, you've uh, spent money and it doesn't uh, give back the returns you expected. It's, it's labeled a, a failure. Um, so, um, you know, from a personal development point of view, um, you need to take people you know, along on the journey. And Peter, you also mentioned you need to take people along um, on, on the journey. You can't just say, boom, here's a new technology, you know, there, there you go. You know, it's about um, incorporating everyone in, you know, in the process, um, you know, and, and involving them and, and how, how to do that. So it's a, it's, it's a soft skill. And I actually saw a LinkedIn post saying that it shouldn't be called soft skills. It should be called a real skill. Um, but a, a book that was written by Dale Carnegie in 19, early 19, whatever, um, 19 foot sacks, um, how to win friends and influence people, right? And it's such a good book and the principles are still, um, are still completely valid. So, um, yeah, so from a pure, like tech, you know, um, career point of view, um, we refer to or we or revert to um, the startup type um, type books and then, um, you know, how to actually deploy technologies, uh, and, you know, how to influence, influence people was a, <laughs> a, a good book. Um, I think for me, the books that I like, so I'm a startup founder, so I read a mm. lot of these books. I mean, when, when the going gets tough, you, you turn to your colleagues <laughs> who have done it before and would have been successful. So, I mean, I mean, zero to one, Peter Thiel is, good, is a good book. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, the hard thing about hard things. I forgot the guy's name, but he did, he, he basically launched Behans, which is then bought by, by Adobe later. Um, um, the other one, I, I also follow a lot of such a Natalie's, uh, Natalie's, uh, 
as work the CEO of Microsoft. So mm. he inspires me a lot. He's very much about, he's super smart, but he's also like very good with people. Mm. And so I, I really like, I like that a lot. Um, and then who else do I read? Yeah. The books that I'm actually waiting for is like Elon Musk. Like I want to, <laughs> like, can he just like publish something? <laughs> so yeah, those are the people mm-hmm. that I follow. Um, and I think it's always good to be reading something because you're always learning, picking up something new, um, across the different, um, 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 authors. And I think it's, 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 I mean, and I'm, and I think also, I must say in the innovation space, we're not deprived of knowledge. I think mm-hmm. that people have actually written a lot of content actually mm-hmm. that's available for us. So yeah, there's enough people to follow and learn from. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for adding to my to-read list. Um, I mean, from my side, I like to listen to podcasts. Um, and I used to really li- like listening to um, How I Built This by Guy Raz because he goes through um, all different types of companies and how they started up and how they how they how they actually formed and what the idea was and 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 how people persevered through a lot of criticism mm-hmm. and eventually built their companies. And I think that was that's just quite quite nice. I also like to listen to Tim Ferriss because he um, interviews people who are at the top of their game and and how did they get there. Um, so if I'm sure anybody who's ever listened to a podcast has listened to one of his podcasts as well. Um, and then I know one of my team members have been, has been listening or has been reading uh, the innovators mode. Okay. Or the innovation mode, um, which is a book. I'd, I have to look up who wrote it. Um, but it just gives you the whole path of innovation. And then he's been, he keeps quoting it to me. Um, so I guess, uh, <laughs> um, that's a good one as well. Um, so. Just, just in general, I mean, what excites you about the future? I mean, what are you looking forward to? We've still got a couple of years um, ahead of us, I guess. So what can't you wait to experience in your lifetime in terms of innovation and technology? The point of singularity. <laughs> it feels like it's this potential doomsday, you know, like, Terminator, like, <laughs> point. but whatever it's going to happen, it's going to be exciting. It's going to change everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm really excited about what's going to come out of this new era we all on. I think there's a, there's a, like a plethora of big problems mm. that we're solving for. Mm. And I think people have realized that we can't do it alone. So people, I mean, the private sector meets on a regular basis about how we're going to solve for load shedding, right? And so I think ESG is going to be also a big drive of what we put out going forward. I think that's quite interesting. I'm also just excited about the human elements being taken more mm. seriously nowadays. And I don't think it's, it's limited to mining. Um, I think across many organizations, I think people have realized that people are actually quite important. And so we need to build solutions for them. We need to speak to their needs, etc. Um, I do think that the Wi-Fi issue she will be so for not because I heard of a startup doing it. No, I'm just, I'm just like hopeful. Like somebody's got a solve for this because we are limited in what we can deploy on sites. Um, if we don't solve for this, mm. so I'm interested to see that. I do think that innovation is going to be much cheaper going forward. I think there's enough tools that are being built that are helping people become their own developers. So that the thing that's been quite interesting for me over the last six months is just reading up on citizen development. So it speaks about how you make mm. the people in your your business develop their own platforms and they're not coders or developers is enough like no code low code platforms that are you able to build anything from you know so i think everyone is going to be a techie so mm-hmm. that's quite interesting and exciting and so yeah there's lots to look forward to i mean it's all we have all we need is problems because then yeah. then we'll be sorted yeah yeah. yeah i'm really looking forward to um the greener future you know just mm-hmm. looking at less emissions all of that and i i know that it can be solved for for our country specifically and uh, we are from south africa i'm looking forward to the 
post ESCOM mm. um, crisis mm. period. You know, I think it's going to happen, and I think it's going to be great, and it's just going to um, kickstart our, our economy as well. Is there anything else that you, in preparing for this podcast, that you a message that you wanted to get across, which we haven't touched so far, um, just to close out? There's one thing that I would just like like to add, and, and we've spoken about it, you know, during the the course of the podcast. But um, the future of innovation is is collaborative, and I think that's that's what it boils down to. It's about uh, working together, seeing what's out in the ecosystem, whether it's from startups, individuals, other mining companies. Um, other industry associations. It's about working together to solve for the challenges that the mining industry is experiencing as a whole. I think for me, uh, I wanted to see more of a direct link from the organizational strategy to the actual innovation products that we develop. Mm. I think in some cases it gets a bit fuzzy and it's not quite clear. And I think the issue with that is that you're going to struggle to prove your value if you're not speaking to what's being said at mm. exco level. So I think I want to see a little bit more of that. Um, I do want to see less CEO paid projects. You know, accountability is is going to be quite important for like, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And, you know, uh, what, what values are going to add for us? And I think we've already spoken about that already. And then I think just like collaboration, I think we need to allow not so normal, unfamiliar people partner mm. with us. And that speaks to even individuals innovating for us. That speaks to us working with universities. That speaks to us working with kids. I mean, if you guys go to the science fairs, these kids do like mm. amazing things, right? So I think we just need to be more open-minded as to who we work with. And I think often the answer you get when you've found something amazing done by um not traditional tech house partner, et cetera. It's like, oh, that's cute, you know, mm. um, and it's not taken as seriously. So I think I, wa- I would want to see, you know, us embracing non-traditional partners because I think there's lots of value to be added. And I think lastly, it's it's a- around the community that we operate in. So I think the people that we in the environment we operate in, whether they are employees or just the community, I think there's lots of value that people can add to our operations, right? And because if, if they're happy, we ultimately become happy as well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you very much for that. Um, And thanks very much for joining me in the studio today. It's been a fantastic having the two of you with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.